Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that is part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. So, Alex, I got a fun little gift from one little Marcus Zuckerberg, and it is a personally designed AI for our podcast. Her name is Albatross, and I thought, you know, maybe you'd like to have a conversation with her. <sighs> Dang. I gotta start prepping these intro segments, bro. All right, hit me. Let's do it. Hello. Is anyone there? Yes. So are you just not gonna? T- are you just not gonna talk to the AI? I'm gonna play it safe by not speaking in our podcast. Listen, if this was a video podcast, our our audience would love this. Um, would they? Because but... <laughs> what I'm, I'm not... what I'm hearing is you not playing in the space. You know, it's... I you know I had kind of like a dialogue, like ready to go, and I I'm like I I threw you a ball. I soft served, like hey, just start a conversation. You took like a cricket bat the largest bat possible to hit the largest ball possible and you just chose not to swing i i figured i would let you lead and then go with that and then you started with hi and i'm like all right no direction thus far we'll see what happens next i don't know i don't know i don't know (laughs) if i was prepped for a monologue or what well um, I did say uh, you you're gonna talk to it, so I kind of felt like that heavily implied conversation. I just conversation like usually had, start she with was a coming greeting. to me with a manifesto. Like she had some stuff to get off her chest. Listen, listen. AI are built very, uh, you know, they're they're built with stuff like this in mind. So maybe Albatross did have a manifesto, but she's not gonna give it to you just because you didn't say hello back. I figured they, uh, they're not very good at reading social cues, so they'll be like, let me just tell you why I'm here, you know? Like a bad salesman. They just walk in and be like, all right, this is too uncomfortable. I'm just, I'm, let me get some stuff off my chest and get out of your hair. That kind of thing. Yeah, AI car salesman is going to be like, they're going to put a price out, you just don't respond, and then just out of like... Uh, pure unresponsiveness the ai just like starts desperately lowering the price like okay 1500 okay 1400 okay you can just have the car just yeah, say that's something what I was hoping for um that did not happen no um also when i was coming up with this intro segment uh the fact that uh mark zuckerberg could just be called marcus zuckerberg that was funny in and of itself it kind of goes back to the conversation of like you know famous people are known by a first and last name and like uh you know i can't imagine anyone calling tom cruise tom um i think what would it be would it be more weird that if someone called him thomas um no it wouldn't if brad pitt was telling a story about you know meeting up with tom cruise and he just goes yeah so i was hanging out with thomas on friday i'd be like okay now i just don't know who you're talking about right or and I'm like is Hanks, Cruz, which which one? Hardy, Holland, Middleston. Um, yeah. Can you imagine going up to Brad Pitt and be like, "Hey, Bradley." <laughs> hey, Bradley. He, I cannot imagine a single introduction that could offend a person more. Speaking well, of offending okay. people by using their names, it is yeah. so annoying. Okay, can you imagine calling your teachers by their first name? It's weird because, you know, I I had a choir teacher who I knew very well. And then, you know, she was my high school choir teacher, our high school choir teacher. Then I graduated and I started working with her husband. So I knew her as, you know, her last name, but her husband's first name. So I'm like, this is we have two completely different dynamics. And, you know, in college, you refer to almost all of your instructors by their first name. Yeah, that's weird. That's so weird. Or when you yeah, when you just get out of high school. Or any of the classes, and they're like, oh, no, no, my name's Rebecca. And I'm like, no, it's not. Uh, I don't know. Listen, I understand you kind of want to break this relationship and like kind of turn it into a more personal one, but 
that can still happen, but you have to understand you are Mrs. Smith forever. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. At the same time, though, if you were to call him by the first name in class, that's the ultimate sign of disrespect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like, don't know, oh, man. yeah, you're going to take away my phone, Beth? Excuse, excuse, excuse me? What? Yeah, dude. What a power move, bro. Calling people it by was- their name is a freaking power move. It's one of those things where, like, seniors do it their last week because it's not really strong enough to get you in trouble. I mean, is that, okay, is calling a teacher by the first name better or worse than calling someone by their last name but taking out the Mr. or Mrs. Miss? It depends, because, like, if you're talking to, like, um, I feel like some coach teachers would be okay with that because that's just kind of, like, the nature of their dynamic. But if you were to do that to, like, an English teacher, I imagine you'd have a bit of a rough... I, I feel like neither of them are being taken very well. But which one's worse? Hey, Probably Keegan the first versus... Thing. Hey, Downey. Yeah, we just doxed one of our friends. Um, yeah, dude, I don't care. Hey, look him up, bro. I don't care. <laughs> hey, um, for all I you am- people who go to school in Turkey or Romania... Now you know one teacher in America. Go track him down. Um, I imagine the first name thing. I imagine the first name would be more disrespectful. Because, like, at that point, you're not even trying. Yeah, I think so. Well, anyway, expect that AI bit to come back and uh, <laughs> Alex to actually play ball. Because, you know, that one had legs and... Uh, Alex amputated them. So we're Here's just going to move though. on. Now no, the funnier no, thing to do, to... the funnier thing to do would be just the second time, definitely say nothing. That's what comedy so works. So get ready for our reoccurring intro segment. I try to get this one improv scene off the ground and Alex refuses it at every step, a.k.a. the entirety of our podcast. Hey, remember the reoccurring exit segment about zebras? We found a replacement. <laughs> okay, let's uh, start talking about our movie. This week we watched Tommy Boy with Chris Farley and David Spade. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do a spoiler section for this movie. It's old. It's a comedy. It's short. You know, we're going to lump it all in together. Uh, if you have not seen it, or you do not want to listen to the spoil, or you do not want to listen to the movie segment, here is your time code to listen to skip ahead to the improv segment right here. Time code. 2637. Okay, so Tommy Boy, 1995. Uh, Chris Farley, David Spade, Dan Aykroyd. Very, like, silly, you know, Chris Farley physical comedy type humor. Right. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the story, Chris Farley plays uh, Tom Callahan Jr., a.k.a. Tommy Boy. And he, the movie starts with him barely graduating college like with a d plus and so after he graduates he goes home he goes to his father's business and his father's like all right now that you've graduated college here we have our job lined up for you you're gonna have an office with a window and then and then the father introduces like his new wife like hey uh, son this is the person that i'm marrying and then at the wedding the dad dies of a heart attack also, and, important to mention, his dad is a auto parts tycoon. Yes, Millions yes. and million dollar business. And so with his dad dead, there's kind of really nobody to run the company and someone is threatening to buy them out and they don't really have the resources to um, fund this new division that Tom's dad, Tommy's dad, had just opened. So now in order to save the company, uh, Tommy Boy has to essentially go around the Midwest trying to sell half a million brake pads with the help of a reluctant David Spade. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Rob Lowe is also in this movie. Uh, he's not credited in this movie because he's basically doing it as a favor. But yeah, he's in he, a lot of this movie for doing it as a favor. Yeah, he was contractually obligated to do a different movie. And they said, hey, you can't be in other stuff while you're in our stuff. So he goes, okay, so he's not credited in this movie to not violate his contract. But he's in, he's like the fifth lead. Yeah, he's like, um, 
I mean, spoiler, he's the antagonist of the movie when it gets down to it. Right. It is probably, of the movies that I've seen, the most important uncredited role I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, hands down, and it probably will be. And the thing about this movie is, it's a classic, right? It's a classic funny movie. Most of our parents have seen it, I would say. Um, have you seen it? Did you see it before going into this? I've seen it once, yeah. Uh, as have I. I Like 10 years ago. And I remember particular scenes being really funny, watching it now and being like, ah, okay. But then there was um, also scenes that I didn't think were very funny, or maybe I did. I don't remember. It was literally like 15 years ago. And I don't remember it, like being in the movie at all. And th- watching it this time, I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny. Yeah, this movie, I was laughing a lot during this movie. I was super afraid that it wasn't going to hold up. Because I feel like 90s comedies are real coin flips. Right. Uh, and, you know, 30 years later. But I watched this with the whole family. Mom, dad, Andrew, everyone was included. And <laughs> my dad laughed at the very first joke of the movie. Which was um, young Tommy boy running into the glass door. Nice. nice. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm glad to know that this movie, like... I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised to say that i found this movie funnier because i watched it with my dad and my dad really loves comedies like these so he was laughing a lot which made me laugh a lot but overall i did have a good experience with this movie yeah i didn't have a bad experience there's particular parts that i thought were funny one of the funniest parts where they where they were in the bank and like everyone this is only gonna take a minute <laughs> yeah <laughs> and everyone thinks they're getting robbed yeah, this movie. Like, wait, wait, no, what? Um, this movie relies a lot on physical comedy in terms of like Chris Farley just kind of like being a klutz, and yeah. um, you know they make fun of Chris Farley, Chris Farley size a lot, and his dad size a lot, and this is you know this is uh the movie if you've ever heard of like the fat guy in a little coat bit that's this movie is where that comes from. Right. I think it was also, and these guys were also in SNL. So there's a lot of jokes that were on SNL that transitioned to this movie, like that one. Um, And during this movie, they were flying back and forth to go film SNL. So, like, these guys were both pretty big when this came out. Yeah. And, like, I just think that David Spade and Chris Farley just work so well as a comedy duo in this movie. Like, there were some times where David Spade was like, his character was like, in my opinion, sometimes a little too mean to mm-hmm. Chris Farley. Like, okay, I understand this is a joke, but like, holy crap, dude, like take a breath. Right. Um, but overall, they were just like really funny together. I mean, and it's not movies, not plot heavy. It's all jokes. So like there were scenes that could have ended way earlier, but they kept going for the joke. Like when Chris Farley walks in um, after... Dave was watching that girl skinny dip and he's like, what are you doing? You know, running the numbers. Really? Where are the numbers at? Like that whole scene was just there for a laugh. And as soon as the jokes are over, the scene ends. That happens a lot. Yeah. Which I think is okay. As long as like the jokes are good. Like that one, that scene specifically was not a big fan of that, but, um, you know, like the diner scene probably could have been a little bit shorter, but like that those jokes kept going. So like that was fine. And the deer um, in the car. Yeah, the deer. And that was the thing that I forgot happened in the movie, like across these 15 years that I since I've last seen it, like the deer waking up in the car ca- caught me completely off guard. Oh, nice. Um. Oh, there's also a love interest in this movie that I completely forgot about. Also, a love interest that, at first, I definitely thought was played by Linda Cardellini. Nope. (laughs) Actually not. Just someone that looks a lot like her. Don't even know who that is, so I didn't get them confused. Although, Uh, I will say... She plays Velma in the James Gunn Scooby-Doo's. Oh, got you. The more you know. No, um... I was really along for the ride for a lot of this movie. I didn't know what was going on. It's not plot heavy, so you're literally there for the jokes. So the the plot's not going to keep your attention. If you think this is funny, 
you're going to think pretty much the whole movie's funny and you're going to pay attention. If you start to not pay attention, the plot's not holding you there. It's the jokes. So there was like a bunch of there's jokes everywhere. It is a comedy and it is obviously designed to be that way. So, I mean, I think some of this stuff holds up, but we can't really talk a whole lot about the plot of this movie because it's not yeah and us dissecting jokes is not does not make for an interesting podcast right 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 i mean we could we could try it wouldn't work the only scene that really stuck out in terms of like cool cinematography is when tom callahan senior dies at the wedding there's a shot of everybody standing around at his body like as he had just fallen at the wedding. And then that cuts so smoothly to the funeral where I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, was not expecting this kind of, uh, cinematography from this movie. And then they don't do anything like that again. Yeah. There was one more transition before that, where the kid was chasing the bus. He gets head in his, in a, is full of smoke. And then the smoke yeah. clears and it's grown Tommy. So that happened twice. And I'm like, Oh, this movie's got some transitions. Never happens again. It really blew its artistic load in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Parts of the plot were kind of confusing. I forgot all like the head honchos of the company and the bankers all blended in together for me. I had no idea who anybody was or what the roles were. Yeah. And it was also kind of nice. The thing that I did like about this is for the most part, everyone was on his side. You know, typically in a movie like this, there's like a stereotypical like bank manager that's like breathing down his neck. But like, we don't really get that in this movie. Like the only people that are keeping tabs on him really is Rob Lowe's character and the other managers of the auto parts franchise. But like the, his like coworkers, the business guys were like super supporting him. Like go Tommy go. Right. I was, this is different. Also, yeah. David Spade is hilarious. He's yes, he's very I good. I forgot how funny he is. I think in this movie, it's not that you think you it's not you either think David Spade's funny or Chris Farley is funny, but I leaned way more towards Spade than Farley. It's just less yeah. physical and more just like roast. <laughs> <laughs> and they were yeah, good. If you dude. like roast comedy, Oh boy, does David Spade's character have it, dare I say, in spades. Yeah, dude. He uh lays it on thick. And it was awesome. Um, you know, looking at the trivia of this movie, there's like the top trivia is the fact that Chris Farley and David Spade were feuding basically the entirety of this movie and the next movie they filmed together. And it's just one of it's like a Mythbuster scenario where you watch their content and you're like I cannot imagine that two people who like butted heads so profusely are able to create a work like this. Yeah, you I I read that and I'm like, "All right, let me look for it." You can't tell. You can't you tell. You really can't. Like And you hear about it all David's- the time it's like what? Like romance movies where they were dating and then they broke up halfway through filming. But in this like you cannot tell. The chemistry is there the whole time. Yeah. And, like, maybe that's just an effect of them also being on SNL. So, like, they're just around each other constantly. And But <laughs> I, we've had this conversation before, and I'm kind of pivoting a little bit. We're like, hey, if you're dating someone that you're in a production with, I cannot imagine not waiting until the production is over to break up with that person. Yeah. Also, they dated the same girl who was also in this yeah. movie. Yeah, the girl that was skinny dipping, and I guess, and so that's why I'm saying, like, that's why the feud carried over to their next movie, Black Sheep, because they were uh, uh, feuding with a love triangle. So cliche, but I'm glad it was real. And it was just, you just couldn't tell. You really couldn't tell. Um, The jokes were there. Every time they were, the first, I remember when I watched this the first time, the first boat scene was hilarious. And oh, watching yeah. it this time, I'm like, is it that funny? It was funny when Beverly snapped. I Like, that's kind of the joke is it's all set up for her to snap. So, like, I, I was I was entertained by it. But, yeah, I don't know. The dude, it was just funny. It was just funny. And, like, from I knew it was going to be like there was going to be parts of it that I wasn't a huge fan of. But that's just OK. 
Um, yeah. But the scenes where the M&Ms go into the Oldsmobile in the very beginning, <laughs> I'm just like, yes, dude. Dave Spade is so funny. It, it's just one of those things where you, their car is like an integral part to like the comedic tone of this movie. Because just throughout the movie, the car gets into worse and worse disrepair. And eventually they're driving with like a garden fence as a door. Have you seen the movie Are you Th- Are We There Yet with Ice Cube? If I have, it's been like 15 years. It does the exact same thing. Like the, the car transforms. Anyways, the, yeah, this movie, people, I would encourage you to watch it. Most of the jokes hold up. Yeah, And if absolutely. they don't, it's not because they're super offensive. They're just not funny anymore. And it's 90 minutes long. So I, I would say it's... Oh, um, when I was a kid, the whole Rob Lowe being the, like, impersonating the son of his wife, like, that, why that was weird, I didn't quite catch that as a kid. I just remember, like, being a little uncomfortable. So now just watching them, like, go to town in an airport, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it it was weird. I don't know. It, the whole I, thing, I just can't think about it too much. It, <laughs> it was weird in the fact that, like, I never knew how old anybody was. Like, throughout the movie, I was looking at people's ages. Chris Farley was only, like, six years younger than the mom in the movie. And Rob Lowe was close to the same age. So, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That would be her son. And then I look at David Spade's age. I'm like, whoa, he's way older than I thought. And then the the dad who died was like it was the ages threw me off and that's something you do yeah. not pick up on as a kid but when you're watching it you're like is everyone here within 15 years of each other like, yeah specifically I, I think specifically rob lowe's character is most likely to throw your throw you off because everyone like at least looks like a general age of what they're playing but um rob lowe in that movie the way he's costumed and his hair is done like he could be like 20 or 35 either works yeah it was it definitely threw me for for a loop especially since i've seen david spade recently so seeing him this young was like i was like what is Spade in this movie looks like a teenager wearing his father's suit it is awesome and his voice is the same his type of humor is the same and i loved it also this movie is directed by lauren michaels uh no it's not written by lauren michaels Lauren Michaels had something to do with it. Produce it? Probably produce it. If it, Probably. If it's His name SNL... popped up like big credits in the beginning. Yeah, if it's if it stars SNL cast, chances are it's produced by Lauren Michaels. It was directed by Peter Seagal, who did uh, who did Naked Gun and Get Smart. Got you. Got you. You say Get Smart? Yes, I did. Freaking fire movie, dude. That was a period of my life where that was the funniest movie I'd ever seen. Yeah, Lauren Michaels Debatably. was a producer. Good to know, man. Shout out Lauren Michaels. Lauren Michaels is just is another one of those people whose age escapes me always. Because like the fact that um, he's still around like in show business, despite the fact that he founded SNL, is wild to me. He doesn't look that old. But I also think SNL is not as old as we think it is. Well, it's like early 70s, early to mid 70s. And so... The thing that throws me off is like uh, he was like 30 when SNL started. And I'm like, how does someone who's 30 years old, like, create such a revolutionary TV show? Yeah, dude. So that's kind of where I get wrapped up in it. But anyway, Tommy Boy's good. It was good. I liked it. For sure. Um, I laughed a lot. I'm going to give this a higher rating than Alex is going to. I'm giving it a seven and a half. I'm giving it a 6.75. Yeah, good. Um, It tracks. Would you like to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Welcome back, non-movie listeners. It was a short movie and a relatively short review. You should go back and listen to it. Um, Or not, to be honest. Actually, I revised that statement. If you haven't seen it, you probably won't see it, okay? Um, Most of that movie is a comedy, so we're talking about jokes, okay? And jokes being explained are not as funny as the actual joke so listen to it or not but to be honest this is one of the few ones you're just like "Eh, you're rambling again yeah cool that's my job bro you yell at me in the beginning for not talking and now i'm talking a lot 
and you don't want me to. Yeah, get it together. All right. Well, I'll see you in the middle segment, dude. (laughs) All right. We are going to do our improv segment. We're going to do another round of consistent cutaways. This is where Alex and I do an improv scene. And at any point during the scene, we can call for a cutaway. We'll do a short scene of that cutaway and carry on with the plot. Uh, Last time we did this, it was purely disaster scenes. Um, Maybe we don't do that this time. Who knows? Alex, do you have a scene suggestion? Yes. The police have caught a criminal suspect for a bank robbery, and they're in the middle of interrogating him. Okay. Listen here, you little scumbag. I plead the fifth. Excuse me? I plead the fifth. You heard me. I'm lawyering up. Well, until your lawyer gets here, we're going to sweat you out. Okay. Still pleading the fifth, but I do have a question for you. Where did that come from, sweating me out? Oh, um, you see, it it's an old Russian term of, uh... Cuts to Russian Moscow interrogation. I say we sweat him on fire to sweat him out. Whoa, that is, like, not even remotely what I was going to say. Holy crap, dude. He's never like, gonna talk if we don't burn him. I, I also wanted to sweat him out, but, like... I was just going to, like, put him in, like, a sauna or something. Jesus Christ. I say he put his feet in boiling water. Let's sweat him. Holy. We better make sure the Americans never hear about this. Cuts back to the interrogation. Now, your lawyer should be here any minute. Um. First of all, she doesn't like being called a lawyer. She's my counselor. So, fix yourself. Second, when she comes in... You are not to ref- use any pronouns. None whatsoever. No pronouns at all. She hates that. Um, uh, I can't help but notice a few contradiction- contradictions in how you are referring to your counselor and how your counselor prefers to be referred to. Yeah, but... well, guess what, dude? She's not here. Okay, well, it seems like you are incredibly disrespectful of your counselor. I can only imagine... That when your counselor gets in here, um, you're going to be uh, struggling a little bit. Doubt that. She's my mom. So see if I care if she's mad. Um, cut to you asking your mom to be your counselor. Hey, uh, mom. Um, yeah? Looking at committing a few crimes uh, in the near future. As you know, the other agency is refusing to take me on anymore. Do you think you could... Uh, be my de- defender. Oh, sweetie. Um, I don't finish law school for another three months. Do you think that you can maybe hold off doing crimes until then? I am taking this law degree for you. <sighs> I suppose. But it's gonna... Mm, mm, I'm really... Time out. Time out. I'm timing out the scene. Um, okay. so this is not me cutting away. This is a timeout. Yeah. My brain was at a crossroads. It was, should I make my mom my girlfriend or should be me? Should she be my stepmom? And we basically just do what we do in Tommy boy. Well, either way you're doing a Tommy boy. It's just whether way it's I'm bi- doing a Tommy boy. Either way, it's I, just whether you make it biologically incestuous or just societally incestuous. Right. And then my brain was like, "Well, how do we explain this?" And then in the middle of that, I was like, "Let's not do that at all." Craig is the one playing my mom right now. And if I were to think about all that stuff in the scene, it would have been dead silent. So um uh, also still... i do want to say i want to put societally incestuous on a t-shirt societally incestuous <laughs> all right i mean why not all right time in well here's the thing mom i know ever since dad died you've been looking for a boyfriend and hopefully you meet one in law school so i'm also doing this for you oh well i mean i do understand that and i appreciate that but the fact of the matter is I cannot legally be your counsel until I've graduated. So um, if you could perhaps uh, maybe commit like a minor crime or something that doesn't require you like going down to the slammer for or something like maybe just like steal a few candy bars from a convenience store. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, mom, because listen here, 
I've been to law school. It's not as hard as it looks. I'm going to commit a crime. They're going to put me in jail. Then they're going to have a hearing. I'm going to say I'm representing myself. And then I'm going to call for a recess over and over and over and over and over again until you get your bar exam. Because once you have a plan to commit a crime, mom, I can't push it till you pass your bar. See, now what you've just what you described is what you consider going to law school. But as I, your mother, uh, can refer to as you just watched Liar Liar six times and consider that going to law school. Cuts to me watching Liar Liar. I've learned a lot. Cuts back Cuts to the back interrogation. To <laughs> <laughs> Cuts back to the interrogation. We can't wait any longer. We're taking you into a cell now. Go. Perfect. Speaking of cells, do you know anything about the mitochondria? Yeah, it's the powerhouse. Of the what? Of the cell. Cuts back to the police officer in biology class in ninth grade. Hey, class. Um, Who knows what the role of the mitochondria is? I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. Yes. Um. It is. Oh, what is it? 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 What's it? It's the bicycle of the cell. Powerhouse of the cell. Remember uh, that it's gonna be important later. Cuts back to the scene. I never forgot after that day. Well, you won't forget this either. Takes police officer's weapon, Cox gun. All right. <laughs> we spent a long time in that one cutaway with your mom. <laughs> a lot, dude. We spent a lot of time <laughs> trying to decide what to do with my mom. <laughs> so much so that when you said cutting back, I'm like, wait, this is the scene. What are we cutting back to? <laughs> We cut, dude, I was so lost. We cut away from the cutaway to a cutaway. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you have a Next scene, scene, India? Yeah. We are married and we are telling our kids the story of how we met. All right. Cuts to the set of How I Met Your Mother. All right. Uh, cuts to the beginning of How I Met Your Mother. Cuts oh, to boy. the second episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Cuts to the third episode of How I Met Your Mother. And that was Legend. Wait for it. Cuts to the fourth episode of How I Met Your Mother. Cuts to the fifth episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Dairy. <laughs> well, well, you see, um, well, you see, kids, uh, your father and I, we watched a lot of How I Met Your Mother uh, back in our college days. Cuts to us watching How I Met Your Mother. Cuts to sixth episode of How I Met Your Mother. Cuts to Cuts seventh to episode of us watching How I Met Your Mother. Cuts back to the original scene. And you're probably wondering, wow, if you guys watched How I Met Your Mother so much in college, how come I was born when you were 17, Mom? Well, you s- well, well, that's a difficult question. Because uh, here's the thing. We originally didn't want you, so we put you up for adoption. You went to go live with another family, and then we were watching How Much Your Mother, and we're like, man, we're never going to be able to relate with these characters unless we have children. So then we went and got you back. Yeah, so you remember how year, how like from 18 months to four years old, like all your memories are like kind of fuzzy and not like fuzzy like a normal kid, but like a little fuzzier than all your classmates. That's because we went to the doctor and had some of your memories removed. Cut to the well, that was a lot nicer than doctor. what I was going to do. I was going to have the freaking people that docked him were crackheads. Oh. <laughs> uh, cuts to the doctor that's removing their memories. You can't be serious about wanting to remove a child's memory. Well, yeah, we can't have them remember that they were with crackheads. Um, ooh, you know, when you put it like that, I don't think I can disagree. Here are the waiver forms. That'll be $15,000. $15,000? I'm going to have to sell crack. Cuts to us selling crack. Crack! Crack foot crack! Would you like crack? Hey, were you in the the cast of uh, How I Met Your Mother? Oh, yeah, uh... Um, the residuals for that aren't coming out as great as I thought I would, or as thought as I thought they would. So, uh, now I'm selling crack on the streets of Philadelphia. Well, it's better than selling your body. Cussed us six months early when we were selling our bodies. 
Now we're selling our bodies on the streets of Philadelphia. Could be worse. We could be selling crack. Cuts forward six months later. <laughs> Cuts back to us talking to our kids. And that's how I met your muffa, your Alex. Your muffa. <laughs> End scene. Oh my gosh. Dude, it's so fun because halfway through the scene, every time I forget where the original scene is. We need, next time we do this, you need to have like a freaking flow chart. Dude, we, we need like, the audience to create a flow chart for how these cutaways are working. Because I get like, lost in the sauce. It's like that scene in Back to the Future where uh, Doc is like writing on the whiteboard explaining how time travel works. We need that for this scene. Yeah, dude, that was crazy. All right, man. Well, uh, that was consistent cutaways. Pretty fire, dude. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Uh, Alex, what's our middle segment? Bracket boys. Now I was edition. promised, I was promised that this bracket boys was going to be, um, difficult. Not for me right now as we're recording it, but me ten days from now when I'm editing it. So. This is Craig, 10 days later, editing it, and I was right. It was hard, and I hated it. It. I, I think we're going to give this a generous TV-14 rating. Um... Are we getting... Is it worse? It might be worse. Here's the thing. This, back of boys, is the double entendre edition. So there is one form of the word that is perfectly harmless if you happen to know the other word or the other meaning it's rated r and i took the three worst words out because they definitely weren't going to make it pass so craig are you ready for your first playoff round uh yeah sure number two you might know it as a number you might know it as something else who am i to say and the second thing is cream pie. I hate you. I hate this. You know, I don't know if you remember, but a long time ago, um, we did a scene where you were like, um, we were doing like word association and you asked me certain questions and like what, and you said, what's your favorite flower? And I said, lavender. And then you went on for like three <laughs> minutes describing my love life and like my style. And mm -hmm. I would rather have 60 minutes of that than what I feel like we're about to go through right now. Dude, this is the first round. Yeah. I'm aware. So okay. I'm going to, so no, you're not going to read. I don't care if you have descriptions read. I'm jumping ahead of that. We're going with the numbers. Nat, come on, oh, chop, dude, chop. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you're going with number two, huh? All right. The next one, playoff round. I'm going to have to put like a legitimate content <laughs> yeah. before this. Listen, we're not going to, we're not getting into the dirty details. Cream pie is a dessert that you eat. <laughs> and that's I might it. have to mark this one episode as explicit. <laughs> and that's it. All right, the next thing: ratchet, like the tool, versus yeah. douchebag, like the tool. Okay, I mean that's a triple from, entendre, like the tool. So, from what I understand, I've heard more negative um, implications, or like. Even in its practical sense, a douchebag is like not supposed to be used. Um, it's not as healthy as people once thought it was. So I'm going right. to go with the ratchet. I'm going ratchet. Nice. All right. Next, we're going against wood and head. Wood. <laughs> Any reason? Nope. To get Do through this as fast like as possible. For some reason. To get through this as fast as possible. That's going to be my reasoning for every... For every section of this ladies and gentlemen you might be familiar with head because we all have one you might be familiar with wood because half the population has one and stop it <laughs> next 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 all right, the final options are drip 
versus our first triple entendre and last triple entendre clap to clap the clap however you need it to clap back um i'm gonna go with drip we're going drip all right playoff round here we go cream pie versus ratchet we want to get those two together hey okay again that's not what i chose for the first round (laughs) i don't know how many times i have to tell you regardless we're just gonna have ratchet win and then Drip's going to win the next round. Ratchet and Drip's also going to win the last round. Pie. Okay, Ratchet Drip is the winner. Pie. It goes up against Imagination, and I'm having Imagination Drip win. Beats okay? Wood. So Imagination is the overall winner. It beat Drip, the champion of this bracket. Drip All right. beats One Wood, hit wonder. and then Ratchet and Drip go into the finals, <laughs> and Drip beats Ratchet. And unfortunately, you were incorrect, <laughs> because Drip is now up against... To attract. Oh, okay. Some might say you can't, you can't have attraction without drip. Yeah. And like, when we're talking about drip, we're talking about like my, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of drip, I think of like, you know, a, a hip outfit, a cool, some, a cool wardrobe. What's the second thing that comes Um, to your mind? Cream pie? Um, of, Nope, a faucet drip, actually. And if you ask me what the third thing that comes to my mind is, I'm driving six hours, and I am going to punch you in the cream pie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, So, drip beats attract, you're saying? Or att- I think attract. What do you think? I, I think attraction beats drip. Yeah. Okay, attraction beats drip. Good to know. So... Little playoff history. We had Green win the first time. Green went up against Electricity and lost. Electricity went up against Attract or To Attract the third round. And now Attract is holding its championship spot against Drip. All right. That was the worst. That was the worst. The best bracket boys we have done. Let us know who you think should have won. I think we all know who my personal favorite was. Um, they were actually the number three seed. So I think they should have went further, but whatever. Anyway, we're going to we move on. on the record. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to move on to our one hit wonder. Uh, this segment is called There Is Such a Thing as Stupid Questions. And we're just going to ask each other stupid questions. And... Um, you know, you can choose to answer it in earnest or not. You know, that's up to you. All right. How much money for you to pull a Rob Lowe in Tommy Boy? So when we say pull a Rob Lowe, we mean marrying someone and then pretending to be their son. Yes. Did the movie ever say how much they were going to get for that, for the factory and everything? No. We okay. can assume it was millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. If it's for a brief period of time, if I say let's put a let's put a timestamp on it, let's say three months, probably like five milli. Yo, I think I could, I would do it for less. Um, maybe my answer would change if I saw the money. So, Macy, I'm gonna have to pretend to be Macy's kid, which is very difficult, but I think I can make it work. Actually, no, I can't. Macy looks way too young, so I'm gonna have to go find a sugar mama, right? Yeah. Then. Where where would you find a sugar mama? Dude, first of all, that's the thing about sugar mamas. You don't find them. They find you. So if you were to find a sugar mama, do you think you would do it for like, like certain. So here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm doubling. I'm getting twice as much money because I'm going to not twice as much, but I'm going to get, I'm getting money from two sources. I'm getting money from being from the sugar mama. Right. And then she's going to go and get married to a guy. Hopefully he dies or they get a divorce. She gets half of his stuff and she's going to split it with me. So I'm actually going to get a quarter of it, right? Because she's so this is, hopelessly. You're really with going with the long play on this one. Um, 100%. So it's going to be longer than three months. And then on top of all of that, I need to re- maintain my relationship at home because I'm not going to abandon my real family. 
And for all of that, that you would, is that something that you would discuss with Macy or hide from me? No, I would, I would discuss it with her and be like, listen, dude, selling insurance is pretty difficult. Using my body for capital gain, pretty straightforward. So for, let's say five grand a month, that's what I'm getting from the sugar mama. Um, and she needs me to work 10 days a week. And then hey, on top. Um, hey, mm-hmm. no, no, zip, zip. How many days are in a week? And how many did you say? Well, most of the time is seven days in a week, right? Mm-hmm. And how many did but you I'm say? But I'm working overtime. I said 10. Okay. I don't have time to get into the details of science with you, Craig, but it holds up. Now, five Actually, grand a month. No, that is exactly what this segment is. It's asking stupid questions. First of all, and if no, it's not. And if it's a stupid question, then I really got to ask, how are there 10 days in a week? Explain the science to me, science Everybody man. Knows. Okay, so okay, you go to week, you go to you go to week, you go to work Monday through Friday, right? Yeah, sometimes Saturday, but that's not the sometimes point. Saturday. Okay, what is your what is a normal work week in hours for you? What is working full time in hours? Working full time, like me personally, twenty eight hours, but in general, forty hours. Okay, let's say forty hours then. Forty hours over the course of Five days is eight hours a day. Now, if you were to work 10 days a week, you'd be working 80 hours. 16 a hours. A- okay. Okay. So you work 10 days a week. There is no way. I have no faith that that is not a description that you pulled out of sheer desperation. Listen. Because you fluffed it and you needed recovery. Look it up. Look it up. So I'm working back to the sugar mama, bro. I'm working 10 days a week, which is long hours, bro. Long hours. But it's for five grand a month, right? And then with a possible payout, if we pull off this thing, possibly after about 18 months. Hey, okay, time out. I do need to say five Mm -hmm. grand a month is only 60 grand a year. Yeah, but I'm enjoying it, you know? A lot of that stuff, me working is just me like, Shooting a foot pick, you know, and sending it to her or being like, yeah, I feel you. He shouldn't have done that. How's work, babe? That kind of thing. So I'm not like with her the whole time. We're just flirting, texting every once in a while. I think I have to call her. I don't remember the details of the contract. I think I need to talk to her like 30 minutes a day, like at the end of her day while she's in bed being like, hey, how was work? I know you can't trust Rachel, dude. She's been talking all that stuff behind your back. I think you need to finally. That's what I'm doing. You know, that's work. I'm always on the clock, but mostly, you know, 10 days a week. Then she's going to go after a big whale, dude. She's not messing around with anybody under a hundred million dollars. And then he's going to die. She's going to get the most of it. There's going to be an estate tax. So let's say she gets around 50 mil and then she's splitting that with me. So 25 mil. So $60,000 a year, um, kind of just to pay the bills. And then with a possible payout of 25 million at the course at the end of like 18 months, 24 months. That's my game plan. So when I thought of this segment, I thought we were going to ask questions like, is water wet? How does beef become beef? And like, you really took that and like that concept of stupid questions. And you're like, all right, let me go on a five minute rant on how I'm going to get money from a sugar mama. To support yeah. my wife and child. Facts. That's the honorable thing Which, to do. That's not selfish. I'm doing it for myself. So, I kind of don't have anything else to say. <laughs> I'm being honest. I mean, I can come up with another question. Would you, right? You have an alive cow, right? And you burn it real bad. If you cut that meat off, right? Would it be raw or cooked? And is that classified as a steak? Minecraft logic says if you burn a cow, it becomes steak. Don't know how much of that boils over into real life, though. So when you say if you have a cow and you burn it, are you are we talking like with a blowtorch or like does the barn catch on fire? I was thinking like a branding situation, but okay, way hotter so, over a larger space. So the problem that's like searing. Is, there's nothing you can do to a living cow 
for as long as it takes to cook a steak without it being torture or animal cruelty. First of all, wasn't um, part of the question, but continue. Well, no, it is because the whole point of like how we cook things the way we do is because it's super concentrated for a long period of time. If we take that high concentration and just do it in a split second, you're only going to get like the skin. So I think the answer is yes, it would still be raw. Okay. Then the real question is how good could you make a cow's life that when you do this to it, it's not animal cruelty because it had such a good life that you're like, ah, eh, it's okay. I don't think there's an answer. I All think right. So you're telling me, right? You're telling me right cruelty. now. I can give you right now a hundred billion dollars. I lucked out in the Bill Gates and Bezos divorce, right? I'm giving you a hundred billion dollars and you get to spend it however you want for 30 years. But on the 31st year, you come over to my house and I'm cooking your leg while it's attached. Yeah, <laughs> okay? but that's still assault. Now listen to me. At some point you have to be like, well, this seems fair. This seems fair. L- listen, I cannot give my kid a richy rich lifestyle and then at 17 years and 17 months, I pop both their kneecaps. First of all, I'm all saying right? this is a situation with you. You kind of get it when you, you, you know what you're signing up for. You're like, I'm getting $100 billion Yeah, from and Alex. you know what? Hey, but, okay, I think but that's I know what's going to happen. Okay, time out. Cows don't know what they're getting themselves okay, into. Okay, and that's why I'm willing to compromise. We'll do it while oh, the cows Okay, so, so you're willing to compromise. Do you just want to eat my leg? Is that what no, we're coming to No, no, I'm to willing here? to compromise on the cow because the cow is willing to compromise. can't consent to this. The cow is not willing to compromise, actually. That's kind of the it's point not, we're getting at. That's what I'm saying. The cow... Can't consent to this. So I'm saying we're going to live, give it the best life possible, a Wagyu lifestyle, right? And then when we do this to it, we're going to completely put it under anesthesia, won't feel a thing. They'll just wake up and a chunk will be gone. At what point? Original question, <laughs> is this is it rare and is it considered a stick? Again, we're having – so So the question is I, – I think you're not asking the question – you mean to ask i think the question we're getting at is how do we ethically cook a steak on a live cow no i don't care about the ethics i don't care about how we do it i'm just saying that when we do it is it still a steak or am i better off going to meyer you're better off going to meyer why because when you cook something on a cow you're not going to be able to breach the skin for but long I'm enough saying, to cook the steak and not kill the cow. I'm not going to kill it. I'm putting it under. We have vets there. We're going to keep it alive. You're not going to be able to cut enough out to make it a steak and not have the cow die. That's how do you know? Because I know how big steaks are and I understand blood. Okay, so listen to me. Listen to me. Hear me out. It's going to be a deep steak. It's two. In, uh, let's say it's an inch and a half thick, right? I can cut off an inch and a half of a cow and not have it die. Oh, man. I don't think so. I really, I really don't think, think so. Cows are huge. I can cut. We'll just do it on like the on the hind quarter, like upper thigh. It's going to be huge, but most of that's muscle. Like I'm not cutting it into its heart or anything. It's just an inch and a half deep in. Cut that chunk out. And then we can, I mean, obviously, while we have the branding tool there, we'll cauterize it. So it doesn't bleed out. In the end, so, I don't think is that I don't think thermodynamics is on your side. I don't I think, think you have, you no have idea the what you're heat. About. I don't think you have the again. You don't have the time to do it. Why? If you put it, I'm because that's how cooking works. You cook things over a period of time. Yes, but let's say 15 minutes over a fire. I don't. We're gonna abandon the bra- the bracket boys. I mean, not bracket boys. The branding idea, right? And we're going to okay. make sure blowtorch it 15 minutes, which is okay. way hotter than what an actual grill is. And it okay, shouldn't so take blow that long. Torch, so I blow can blow torch torch over, a, it's you're, So at that point, you're going to creme brulee uh, this leg. But I feel like if you were to use a fire, yes, you could probably make that a steak then. There we go. Finally. So, so this was not about... 
uh, getting the answer to your question. It was manipulating the question until you got the answer you wanted. It was, can you just answer the freaking question and not I worry about the semantics? like six times. You were so wrong. You need to think about things critically. That's what you need to do. Is think about, I'm not, not worried about how it's going to happen. About understanding that things need time to cook. And putting a branding iron on something for a little bit isn't cooking something. Okay, first of all, listen to me. If I could promise, it's like a hot plate, bro. I can keep it hot if I hot need it to. Hot plates are used over time. I, it's, dude, first of all, you're actually starting to piss me off. First of all, <laughs> 15 minutes on a freaking hot plate is not going to kill anything unless you put it on their heart. If I put my leg on a hot plate for 15 minutes, I'm walking away fine. I mean, I won't be walking. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> and then I'll eat my leg. Okay. So I was asking, is it rare? And depending on how you look at this, will it be considered steak or is it something else? And you couldn't just answer that stinking question. You have to get in the semantics of whether or not we should be doing this. I don't care if we should be doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> good grief people can listen to this podcast it starts off slow and ramps up fast (laughs) talk about ending this podcast about sugar mamas and torturing animals bro peter's coming after us cougars of america's coming after us we're in trouble Uh, okay good grief both ourselves this i i don't think i would consider it a steak but it would because i well i'm still thinking about this it would probably be rare that's just like yeah that's kind of how that goes right um does don't steaks not to reopen an old wound, but don't steaks have to be cut from a specific part of a cow, or is it just the like beef cooked on a grill? I don't know. Um, I know because you can get like tenderloin steaks. You get ribs, obviously. So I think there are different parts. I think steak is like the general just meat. Yeah. Um, I'm so gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say what. Part I'm gonna say if you were to slow cook a cow meat, if you were to slow cook cow meat while still entire hind leg on the cow's entire hind leg, which includes butt, ham, and thigh, is known as the beef round. Beef round roast steaks and the London broil all come from this area, so we're good. Okay, if you were to slow cook meat meat on a cow while it was still on the cow. I imagine the skin would probably be a lot tougher to get off. It's leather at that point. Yeah. So, oh, that's a good point. Do you think the leather, like, do you think you'd be able to remove the leather from the steak? I don't know, dude. These are the questions I was trying to get to. Because, okay, he, okay, here's my here's what I'm going to say. If you cannot remove the leather from the steak, it is not a steak. If you are able to remove the leather from the steak, then I'm going to say, yes, it is a steak. Okay, that's fair. And I think you would. You're just going to have to, you're going to lose a bit of a meat when you do it. Yeah. All right, that's so, fair. Okay. All right. That was, <laughs> that was, there is such a thing as stupid questions. And <laughs> it took a turn, but you know what? I'm here for it. There we go, man. That's how you do it. Yeah. Probably best uh, one hit uh, in a while. Yeah, I agree. I liked it a lot. That's the end of our episode. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Next week, we are watching Fargo. Um, The movie, not the TV show. Yeah, Steve Buscemi's in it. Couldn't tell you another person who's in it, but we're going to watch it. Yeah, it's supposed to be Uh, good. I would encourage you guys to watch it. Um, Came out in 96. Relatively good ratings. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. All right. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your sugar mom I said hi. See you next week. Deuces.